Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. This is the Tom Hartman Program. And greetings, my friends, patriots, lovers of democracy, truth and justice, believers in peace, freedom and the American way. Well, the, uh, you know, the House is debating right now the, um, the whole impeachment thing, and I'm not going to go to it because we've heard it all so often. You know, we basically know both sides, right? The Democrats are saying Trump tried to shake down Ukraine. In fact, actually, it looks like maybe he even succeeded in some ways at shaking down Ukraine. And he's still freezing them out. You know, they, they haven't had, uh, Zelensky hasn't had his White House meeting yet, but he had to meet with Putin to try to negotiate peace in the Donbass without the support of the United States. This is a tough thing for the Ukrainians. And then they've presented all these fact witnesses and, and people, firsthand accounts, people who actually heard the president's voice, people who were carrying out this policy. And the Republicans are basically saying uh, there's no crime here. And I think maybe one of the main reasons that I'm just not interested in carrying the uh, hearings any longer, even though they're playing on cable TV wall to wall, is the behavior of the Republicans, frankly, is, is, is just gotten so offensive. Louise called me up a, about a half hour ago. She's, uh, she's you know, running some errands right now, and, and uh, I was getting ready to go on the air, and she said, you know, she had heard Jim Jordan and one of these other bozos repeatedly interrupting Pramila Jayapal. And, you know, Pramila Jayapal has been on this program a number of times. In fact, she's taken your calls. She is the co-chair, along with Mark Pocan of the Cong Congressional Progressive Caucus. And that, what Louise said to me is, I am so sick of hearing men shout down women. I've been hearing it all my life. It's happened to me many, many times. I am sick of it. And she said, I wonder if, if the women who are listening to your program are as sick of this as I am if this strategy that the Republicans are employing is backfiring, and if the men who are listening to your program are starting to notice this. I mean, I, I remember 20 years ago or so, the first really good studies coming out, they went into like corporate meetings and secretly recorded, or I guess with consent, whatever, recorded just basic meetings. And what they found were that men interrupted women two or three times more frequently than women interrupted men, you know, et cetera, et cetera. You know, for example, this is from this morning's hearings. And this is Pramila Jayapal. She's, she's going through the list of crimes that Trump committed, basically. And it's in the context of her asking the Republicans or, or you know, rhetorically asking them, will any of you guys say that 
in the future, it's okay for a president to condition U.S. foreign aid on somebody in another country doing a political favor for him. And of course, none of the Republicans answered that. But instead, they just tried to shut her down over and over and over again. Here it is. Listen to this. This is Pramila Jayapal, the Democratic representative from Washington and the co-chair of the Congressional Progressive Caucus. ...stayed in 2018, and then suddenly he became concerned in 2019. She's talking about right Trump. Right after Vice President Biden announced that he was going to run. So if your argument is that he was so concerned about Ukraine that he released aid in 2017 and 2018, then why in 2019, after the Department of Defense cleared Ukraine on charges of corruption, why then did he decide he was so concerned about corruption that he was not going to release aid? Because that, that makes, I'm sorry, I'm not yielding. I am not yielding. This is Jim Jordan, yielding. Gymnasium Jordan. They got a new president. That's why. The lady has the time. The committee will be in order and people will not interrupt. They got a new president who was proper here. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. The lady will continue. They got a new president who was known to be an anti-corruption fighter. So that argument has no weight whatsoever. Now, if you want to argue that the president is so concerned about uh, corruption at that particular moment, you have to look at the whole record of U.S. policy. It happens repeatedly. And Matt Getz and, and Jim, mostly, mostly it's Jim Jordan, who's just, you know, playing the punk, you know, the high school bully in this thing. And I'm frankly disgusted by it. I mean, just the, the, the and, and I don't know, maybe it's possible, I suppose, that Republicans, probably, you know, largely white men, because that seems to be the core of the Republican Party these days, are okay with this kind of behavior. But Civics, C-I-V-I-Q-S, which is a well-respected polling company, was hired by Daily Kos to do a, an analysis. This was December 7th through the 11th. They interviewed 1,411 registered voters, which is a large enough sample. This is nationwide, large enough sample that you can infer that the numbers are, you know, reasonably accurate. And what they found, first of all, was that Donald Trump would lose if the 2020 election was held today. Donald Trump would lose to a generic Democrat, to any Democrat, whether it's Bernie Sanders or Joe Biden, Pete Buttigieg or pick anybody, right? Cory Booker, Marianne Williamson. Donald Trump would lose to any Democrat by roughly a range of 50 to 44 percent. But the other stuff that they found that I thought was really interesting, and you could read this over at DailyCoast.com, was that 54 uh, percent, the majority of Americans think that things have gotten worse for the country over the past year. 54 percent of Americans also disapprove of Donald Trump's job performance as president. Only 30% of Americans express unwavering support of Trump. I would say that that's the cohort. That is identifying as the listening and viewing audience for Fox News and right-wing hate radio. While 48% oppose Trump no matter what, and I don't know if those, you know, those are people who are listening to my program or <laughs> they're just watching the news and reading the newspaper. I think it's probably the latter. And only 44% of Americans want Trump reelected, but 53% of Americans expect Trump to win reelection, which is all very strange. But get this, 54% of Americans say that things have gotten worse. Brookings just published a, a new study. This, this came out this last week. 
Brookings Institution. And it says that 44% of all Americans, it's almost half of all Americans who are working, the U.S. workforce, 44% of all Americans have a job with median earnings of $18,000 a year, which is tough to live on. Now, all the, you know, the corporate media is telling us the economy is booming. Look at that. The stock market is up. Well, you know, most of the stock in the United States is owned by the top 10% of Americans. I mean, like the vast majority. I don't recall the exact number, but I believe it's well over 80%. That's, that's owned by individuals. There's a little bit scattered around among working class people in 401ks and things, but the vast majority of it is owned by the top 5 or 10%. And this is not just a hangover from the 2008 meltdown. In fact, 63% of all jobs, this is from Brookings, quote, we discovered that 63% of all jobs that were created since 1990 were low-wage jobs. So 63, two-thirds of all, basically, roughly, two-thirds of all jobs that have been created since 1990. What's consequential about 1990? 1990 is the year, it was the middle of the George Herbert Walker Bush presidency. It was exactly one decade after Reagan introduced Reaganomics and rejected Keynesian economics, FDR economics, LBJ economics, John Kennedy economics, Dwight Eisenhower economics, rejected all that and said, no, we're going to go to low taxes and we're going to stop investing in our infrastructure, in our country, in our students, in our hospitals. We're going to stop all that. Brookings also noted that education isn't the answer. Well, you know, we've got a crisis in education. You've got a trillion and a half dollars in student debt that is just crushing an entire generation of people. This is, again, from the Brookings report, quote, there simply are not enough jobs paying decent wages for people without college degrees who make up the majority of the labor force who escape low-wage work. 14% have a bachelor's degree. 14% of these people making $18,000 a year. An additional 8% have an associate degree. And what's the Republicans' response? To shout down women. To grandstand. To preen for the cameras. Louis Gohmert last night revealed the name of the whistleblower or what he believes to be the name of the whistleblower. And when Politico looked him up and said, hey, you know, this, you're, you're putting this guy's life at risk. Donald Trump has called for this man to be killed. And Louis Gohmert says, oh, you need to do your homework, whatever the hell that means. I mean, this is their response. Ann in Seattle. Hey, Ann, what's up? In general, the Republican rhetoric and behavior and and the interruptions to me are unbearable. I want to give a little credit here. I was often the first or only female in most of my job situations. And Deborah Tannen's book, Talking from Nine to Five, and there's another book I think called You Just Don't Understand. She's been writing about men and women communication styles for, I don't know, 30, 40 years, a long mm -hmm. time, since the 70s. Her research confirms that in other research at UC Santa Barbara and Georgetown University that all confirm what you said about the frequency of interruptions in male-female communication. So I just wanted to really give credit to where those studies came from. Mm -hmm. And that also that the point they make is that men speak to determine their chief power and status, where women talk to determine and achieve connection. And so hmm. 
women are much likely to interrupt because it's seen as disrespectful, which breaks the connection down. That's interesting. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Anyway, thank you for all the great discussions. I appreciate your show. Thank you, Anne. Thank you very much for the call, and thanks for, for making that point. That's fascinating. These actual differences in communication styles. You know, I just figured it was a vestige of patriarchy, you know, that, that men just feel entitled because they always have been. Diane in Flemington, New Jersey. Hey, Diane, thanks for watching YouTube. What's up? First of all, I noticed the same thing. The way they attacked Diapol was incredible that they do that all the time. Here's my question. I heard somebody this morning talking about a New York Times article that came out today or yesterday that says that a person in Ukraine who had spoken with Sondland and indicated that they did know about the holdup of the money, that they didn't say it, and Sondland's lying. Now, they, Yeah, they did know about the holdup of the money. It was published in the New York Times, for goodness sakes. No. But listen, I, I, I want your opinion. Do you think they have screwed up by narrowing this impeachment to just those two articles? Because it seems to me they're taking a sledgehammer to everything. GOP, they oh, are just... Yeah. That is why Nancy Pelosi, I, maybe Adam Schiff dissented. I think he wanted some other things. I mean, I'm not sure about Jerry Nadler, but in any case... What she concluded, and, you know, I mean, she didn't tell me this, but I've, I've read it in, in a number of places from people who have inside information, is that if they were to have a whole broad spectrum of impeachment charges, every single one of those would be debatable. Every single one of, you know, many of them may not be strong enough to sustain impeachment on their own. Uh, you know, I agree, and I've been saying for some time, I think a whole spectrum of these things are important to lay down a historical marker for future presidents. But the conclusion that she came to was that Donald Trump actually is a danger to our republic. And there's a new book out now by CNN's foreign correspondent, He is writing about how Donald Trump, when he was shown pictures of South Korea and North Korea, and they pointed out to him that South Korea was only 25 miles or 34 miles, whatever it is, from the North Korean border where there were all these artillery emplacements. In other words, a city of 25 million people could be wiped off the map without even using a missile or a nuclear bomb, you know, with, with artillery. And that's the threat from North Korea and has been all along. And that's why we're in that peninsula that Donald Trump's response was, tell them to move the city. Right. I mean, you know, and and, and I mean, this, this is and then and then he ordered an evacuation of all U.S. Uh, civilians from Seoul, um, which would be taken, which would be taken by Kim Jong Un as uh, as the United States is planning to bomb him. Right. It would be that would be the immediate assumption, which means that he would preemptively bomb. In other words, that would start what could turn into World War Three. And his advisors were aghast at this. They were shocked. They didn't know what to do. And he said, go ahead and do it. And they didn't. You know, they refused to do the order. But but it's like this guy is dangerous. He could create a war that could literally end humanity or certainly end civilization if it turned into a nuclear exchange and we had nuclear winter. So Diane Feinstein, excuse me, Nancy Pelosi is saying we have to actually remove him. And to actually remove him, we're going to have to get some Republican votes in the Senate. And so if we narrowly define this, we're most likely to get those votes. Diane, that's why they're doing it that way. I understand. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Diane. Appreciate the call. With all the problems unfolding for the Fed and central banks, you may be asking some very important questions. How close are we to the next economic collapse? What will it look like just before the crash? And how can I protect my investments and my retirement? 
There are a few people better suited to answer these questions than ITM Trading's chief market analyst, Lynette Zhang. Her fact-based research on the markets, currencies, and economy is second to none, and her videos have prepared people for almost every major downfall in the U.S. economy this year. If you haven't heard of Lynette Zhang and ITM Trading, I highly recommend looking them up. They're pioneers in economic education, and they're experts at creating strategies to protect you against the next inevitable crisis. If you're looking to protect your wealth or just hedge against the most volatile economy since 2007, go to youtube.com slash ITM Trading. I recommend learning as much as you can before the next crisis hits, so you can make the most educated choices while there's still time. That's youtube.com slash ITM Trading. Carol in Manesson, Pennsylvania. Hey, Carol, what's on your mind today? I agree with your wife, Louise. This dis disgusting display of obfuscation and lies, I mean, it's going to backfire on them. There's no doubt about it. When you listen to someone like Miss Jackson Lee, a consummate professional, I mean, the clarity of how she outlines the issues. And then you listen to someone like Gymnasium Jordan. I mean, whose side would the average person come down on? I would think that, you know, what we're seeing from Jordan and Getz and some of the other more buffoonish, cartoonish Louis Gohmert guys, yeah. you know, Republicans on, the, on this committee, is that they're suffering from testosterone poisoning. That's very possible. This is my opinion. I wonder if you agree with it. When you very seldom see Trump look happy and smiling, mm -hmm. but that one day he posted that picture of himself in the Oval Office with Lavrov smiling. And I thought, for me, for myself, I thought that was a slap in the face to Zelensky, that hmm. he would have that Russian there that very day. What yeah. do you think? Well, and, and in the Oval Office, I mean, that's, yeah. uh, you know, at the, at the Resolute desk, as opposed yeah. to just in some meeting room or, you know, whatever. It hadn't occurred to me, but it, 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 it really sounds like it. I mean, you know, and this was, by the way, the day after Zelensky had attended that meeting in, in Europe, or maybe two days after, right. where he was right. having to negotiate with Putin to try to, and, 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 you know, to their credit, to the credit of both of them, I believe, uh, they've declared, you know, some sort of a ceasefire in the, in the Donbass. But, yes, you know, I heard that. Our yes, allies need right. our allies need us to act like allies. <laughs> it's oh, just, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's awful the way he abandons people like the Kurds and and mm. the Ukraine. I mean, that that doesn't bother the Republicans. I don't understand that. Oh, and his abandonment of the Kurds led to the slaughter of civilians. Of, you I know, know. children. I, know. I mean, it's just it's 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 and 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 it's like everybody's like as if it never even happened pretty bizarre. Carol, I need to move along, but thank you for the call. Okay, Thanks sure. for your comments. Lynette in Waconia, Minnesota. Hey, Lynette, thanks for listening to 950 AM. What's up? You know, something that has just bothered me throughout the Trump whole thing since he started is I have a brother that's exactly like him. Oh, my. And now, and I just, every day, I just feel like my brother is the president of this country. And it's, it was awful enough to deal with him in my personal life, but then when these people get power, which my brother had a little bit of power, he was on a city council for a while, and um, he was abusing his power there <clears throat> until he got voted out. And I remember the chief of police, I had to call the chief of police because he was harassing me and my ex-husband. He was, he'd abused me. I had to get a restraining order on him. Good grief. And then a few years later, the <clears throat> the uh, police were calling 
my ex-husband to say that, you know, he had stolen things from his place. And, and so I called the police and I said, look, there's no truth to any of this. I've gone through all of this with him. I said, why are your police calling me and harassing me now? And so, anyway, uh, I, the chief of police was a very nice man, and he said, well, okay, off the record, i got to tell you, what's wrong with him? I mean, he comes in here, and he just starts railing and saying that he's mm-hmm. going to get rid of the police. Um, but I guess that my point is that my, we used to be, uh, he used to be a Democrat, my brother. He became Republican because I saw as his abuse got worse in life, I remember my mom saying, you know, I think your brother's becoming Republican. And, but it seemed to fit. It's like abuse seems to go with the Republican Party these days. So ever since Trump got in, remember when he was debating Hillary and he's walking around her? Yeah, stalking who do you her. Ever, who do you ever remember seeing in a debate someone walking behind someone? And I was like, why doesn't someone tell him to stop? Hmm. And, you know, it's kind of like the chief of police was telling me his frustration with dealing with my brother is... When you have someone that's so out of control and abusive and a liar, people don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. They, they just they don't know how to, oh, my God, he's so awful. What do we do to get him out of our face for the moment? But I've just found that people don't really know how to deal with someone like that. And so they just waste a lot of time trying to just go, well, maybe I can get rid of him today. Yeah. And I just, I every day I feel that abuse. And those guys, I didn't hear the the hearing, I heard it from on Monday. I don't know who they were. Um, I don't know if it was it was Jim Jordan. And, and I was hearing it on the radio, and I'm just, I get chills because it, their, their talk is just, it's the talk of abusers. And when you've been through this in your personal life, I hear, I had to turn it off because I absolutely just, I can't stand to hear how abusive these men are. And that's how they run you know, and now they're in political positions. They have power. It, it's just very frightening to me. And Trump is the abuser in chief. I mean, you know, he bragged about yeah, it to Billy yeah. Bush. You know, he could do it. He could grab women by the private parts and, and you know, and get away with it and blah, blah, blah. You know, I mean, it was just, it's really breathtaking. Lynette, thank you for sharing your story and thanks for the call. I, I, I appreciate it. Rose in Cuomo, Puerto Rico. Hey, Rose, what's on your mind today? I don't understand how these Republican women and families who go to Trump's rally to expose their young children and family to these horrible, his horrible behavior and his lies, and then go home and look at their children in their eyes. And I don't understand also, why can't the media make him accountable for his 13,000 lies plus? Yeah. They're allergic to calling him a liar. The New York Times still won't call Donald Trump a liar, which is, you know, very concerning, Rose. And now, I mean, today he attacked Greta Thunberg, you know. She got on the cover of Time magazine. She's 16 years old. He's attacking a teenager. And Melania had recently tweeted about, you know, any adult who attacks a teenager in social media is, is despicable or something like that. And that tweet of hers has just, you know, the hashtag be best and the hashtag Baron have been going, have just been trending all morning as a result. Of that. Well, she's an embarrassment as a first lady. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, you know, I don't know her. I, I think that she's probably trying to do her best, but boy, what a her best isn't her best. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I, I you mean, know, I and, have, and she, have... she was all in on the birther stuff, and in fact, went on national media and said, yes, I, I want to know if, if Obama was born in the USA too. So, yeah. I mean, I'm concerned for the young people. Yeah, I'm with you, Rose. You know, I'm absolutely. But anyway. With you. 
Merry Christmas. Thank you. Merry Christmas Happy to you, Rose. Year. Thank you. Okay. And God you. bless you. Thank Bye-bye. you. Thanks for the call. D in Seattle. Hey, D, what's up? Um, basically, I just wanted to remind people about Trump. Remember when Trump and Ivanka met with Xi Jinping, Xi Jinping at Mar-a-Lago, mm-hmm. and the same day China approves trademarks for three Ivanka's brands. Yep. That's from voting machines, semiconductors. It's not just shoes and shirts. Yep. And then remember the e-cigarette makers held a conference at his hotel, and the FDA announces it will delay federal oversight of e-cigarettes till 2022. My understanding: people are dying from that product now. That's correct. Trump administration increased the allotment for H-2B visas for foreign workers. And then within days, Mar-a-Lago applies for 76 new visas, even though local job agencies had over 5,000 applicants qualified. So I I guess, you know, Trump, oh, my God. There's just a list. Why aren't the, not why, because I'm tired of hearing people blame the Democrats. The Democrats... If Republicans can bring up Biden's son, they need to bring up Trump's kids. I mean, we're paying almost 500000 on one of Eric Trump's vacations. You know, the Aspen vacation. Mm-hmm. And then he's spending over hundred grand for other Trump property inspections. I mean, over $120 million in golf. In the first 80 days of Trump administration, he had spent more in travel for himself and his family than Obama did in eight years. Yep. Where's the outrage? I mean, there is so here's, much. Here's the problem, D. What the Republicans did when they took down Hillary Clinton was they had two issues, emails, Benghazi. And those were symbolic of all the all the ways that they were alleging that Hillary Clinton was corrupt or incompetent or incapable or shouldn't be president or whatever. But they had two issues. Now, there was a large spectrum of areas where Americans disagreed with Hillary on a, on a bunch of things, you know, trade deals and other stuff like that. They could have said, here's the 22 reasons why you shouldn't vote for Hillary Clinton. But instead, they just pounded on those two things. The Democrats up to this point have failed to identify one or two things that Trump did wrong that they could beat him over the head with over and over and over again as iconic representations, as meta descriptors to his this broad spectrum of corruption and abusive office that you've just scratched the surface with, D, as we both know. And uh, I'm very concerned that the Republicans with Frank Luntz and, and the consultants that they employ are world-class communications experts. And the Democrats keep thinking that having the being honest and being truthful and having good policies that are actually going to help people is enough to get them through. You look all the way back to 1980, where Ronald Reagan lied through his teeth to become president of the United States and lied for eight years, and then George Herbert Walker Bush lied to us. And the only lie that he was ever held to account for, the Republicans held him him to account for because he raised taxes. So I'm concerned about Democratic messaging, and I just don't know where to go beyond that. You know, in reference, you know, I just want to let you know I got banned from Google for mentioning these facts, especially live streaming on Fox News, so I can't leave any messages anymore. Then they erase everything I've done in my history. Wow. Uh, Because I I mentioned Trump owes police. He buys some T-shirts, please support Trump, but he won't pay them. He won't pay. When he speaks for since 2016, he has not paid his bills. It's incredible. Hiring is challenging, and it used to be hard. Multiple job sites, stacks of resumes, a confusing review process. But today, hiring can be easy, and you only have to go to one place to get it done. 
ZipRecruiter. In fact, go to ZipRecruiter.com slash begin. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, and they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you cannot miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. Right now, listeners here can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com begin. That's ZipRecruiter.com B-E-G-I-N. ZipRecruiter.com begin. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Let's go to Congressman Mark Pocan. And by the way, he's with us for the hour. It's Middays with Mark here on the Tom Hartman program. Your questions, comments, thoughts for Congressman Pocan are welcome. So, Congressman, welcome back to the program. Hi, Tom. How are you doing? I'm great. Great. This is, I, I mean, just political insanity reigns. I just got this story that Rudy Giuliani has this new theory that he's going to pump into the Republican bloodstream that the Templeton Investments, I just got this, Templeton Investments, which is a company, you know, like Fidelity, it's a place where you can put your 401k kind of thing. Templeton bought $7 billion worth or sold $7 billion worth of Ukrainian bonds back in the day. And that this was some kind of a illegal theft from Ukraine is the assertion he's making it. There's no evidence to that effect. And this was just a, a normal thing. You know, these big investment companies buy and sell mm-hmm. in the country's bonds. And in his public record filing, Adam Schiff disclosed that he has between 100 and $300,000 okay. invested with Templeton funds, probably in Apple stock or something. God only knows. Yeah. But because in his public disclosure, he said he's got his money invested with Templeton, Giuliani and this Ukrainian guy are saying that Schiff was part of some conspiracy to take down Ukraine. I mean, how, what, what the hell is going on in Washington, D.C., sir? <laughs> you know, among the Republicans, I, I don't know. You know, I think of Guyana, where they got in line and drank the Kool-Aid. Um, yeah. You know, this clearly has happened in this town. I mean, I can't tell you how many Republican senators have now spun this Ukrainian theory, which is you know, obviously utter craziness and no intelligence agency supports it, but they're going to back Donald Trump until the final day that they have to and when he's not in office. And then I don't know how they rebuild the Republican Party. But right now it's a cult and they're going to do what their cult leader says. No matter how crazy of a scheme they got to put together, uh, that's going to be the position of the modern Republican Party. Wow. Wow. What should we be looking for over the next couple of weeks? A lot is moving, Tom, and you know that can be dangerous, too, because with stuff moving so fast, you got to watch everything really closely. So impeachment is going to be going before Judiciary Committee tomorrow morning, tonight. Actually, they'll be debating it tomorrow morning for a vote. We'll be doing that in the House next week. We have a big prescription drug bill that the Progressive Caucus had a big impact in making better this week. That'll be coming up for a vote tomorrow. We have possibly a trade agreement looking like next week we'll be voting on the USMCA with Democratic negotiated changes. We could have a budget bill, a continuing resolution that we're supposed to have done by September 30th, done by next Friday. And I know I'm forgetting stuff. There's just a lot that's moving right now. And because of that, people got to watch very closely and make sure that they're reaching out to their members of Congress. This has been an extraordinarily productive session for you guys in the House of Representatives. 
I mean, yeah, is- I, I, somehow that do nothing Democrats tag um, that the president's put out there. I mean, that just shows how ridiculous things are. I mean, prior yeah. to this very busy period, we've sent 400 bills to the Senate, 275 of which had bipartisan support. And what's so funny is you may have remembered on USMCA how Republicans kept saying, you know, there's a bill on Nancy's desk that she's not dealing with. There never even has been a bill because there hasn't been a bill to put any agreement forward. But now, uh, thanks to negotiating by Nancy Pelosi and by Democrats, there is a bill. So everything about this period of time, people should watch close. And obviously what we're hearing out of the Republicans is just trying to divert people from what's actually going on. Amazing. Okay, let's pick up some phone calls here. Absolutely. Uh, Congressman Mark Pocan is with us, taking your calls for the hour. I should have mentioned, by the way, at the very top, he is the co-chair of the Congressional Progressive Caucus, and he represents the 2nd District of Wisconsin in the U.S. House of Representatives. His website is pocan.house.gov, and you can tweet him at Rep. Mark Pocan. Lawrence in St. Paul, Minnesota, you are on the air with Congressman Pocan. Sir, if we have Democrats, Democrats that do not vote for impeachment in the Senate, how do we punish those Democrats at the polls? And I use that word punish. It's time out for being light-footed. How do we punish Democrats such as if Doug Jones were to vote, Doug Jones from Alabama, if he were to vote against impeachment, he, he rode the backs of African-American women he needs to be punished if he votes against it. So how do we do that, sir? Thank you. Yeah, Lawrence, I, I agree. It would be an incredibly foolish thing, I think, for anyone to do that. There was an article that popped up. There's 10 neocons in my Democratic caucus who put the idea, should we censure instead? And I think it was universally panned as probably the most idiotic idea that came out this month, and I might even give it a little longer period of time, uh, that it's the stupidest thing I've heard of. You know, this is so clear-cut. If you can't handle taking a vote that a president who so clearly violated the law and even given us a confession and evidence towards that, then I think you have an incredibly hard task in convincing constituents they should vote for you. So, you know, I think it is at people's own peril who vote against impeachment because you're here for one purpose is to serve the Constitution. The only way you can hold a president accountable, especially with this Department of Justice, is via the impeachment process. And to ignore that is to ignore reality. John in Los Angeles, listening on KPFK, you're on the air with Congressman Pocan. I got a real important question. And I used to live in Milwaukee. Before you represented it, it just went downhill. But now there's a big problem. 750 Thousand people got kicked off of the SNAP program. You do realize most of them are children, right? Food stamps, right? Yeah. I'm not hearing anything about what's going to be done, done about that because how can the president unilaterally do that? I thought they had to go through the House and the Senate before he could unilaterally do that. Those are all being looked at by Congress from a multiple of levels, from letters to our appropriations bills that hopefully will get done by the end of next week. I think there's a number of vehicles we still have to get around what the president did, but it's not gone unnoticed. Clearly, many of us actually have, have lived on SNAP for a week to try to highlight cuts going back since I've been here seven years we've seen to this program. So it just shows the misguided values of this president, and it is not unnoticed. Kim in Port Huron, Michigan. You're on the air with Congressman Pocan. Yes, hello. Two quick questions, then I'll get off. Barr, does he have access to all 17 intelligence agencies? And if so, 
could it possibly be used in the 2020 election? It just scares me to think that he has access to because so Trump gave him a, the authority to look at any classified information yeah. at any level. The yeah. fixer, yes. Yeah. Okay, goodbye. Okay, thanks, Kim. I'm sure the Secretary of Department of Justice has access, just as uh, certain members of Congress do. We have different levels of uh, security clearance, especially if you're on the Intelligence Committee or not. And there's no question Attorney General Barr has not shown himself to be an honest and fair broker. So I'm sure they'll try to manipulate and do a lot of things, and that's where we all have to stand very strong. I think the good news is he handled himself so poorly that I don't think he is considered a fair attorney general, so his word will be somewhat limited. But all the more reason that we have to be active in talking to our friends and family members and neighbors about what's going on. The president's made it very clear. You get information from him and his Twitter account, and a lot of his followers are going to follow it that way. We have to be equally effective in getting our messages across. One of the hallmarks of an authoritarian state is that the authoritarian in power uses the criminal justice system to attack his political enemies. This is what Trump is accusing Obama of having done to Trump. Right. And right. the IG report said, no, that didn't happen. Are you concerned that Trump may be doing that himself or may contemplate doing that himself, particularly given how Mr. Barr has been behaving? I think what they're doing right now, Tom, my best opinion is they're trying to muddle the issue completely with impeachment and other things going on. This is giving, and all the Republicans are very complicit right now in repeating their talking points. Whether he takes it another step farther, I would hope that there's some safeguards in place that that can't happen. But obviously with this president, I don't know if he knows where those standards are, so we have to watch it. Yeah, oh man. I'm just concerned that even just that he's normalizing it, you know, that it's just, it's incredible. Michael in Denver, you're on the air with Congressman Pocan. Are we facing another government shutdown? I'm out here in Colorado. We have a lot of military. We have a lot, like all states, we have a lot of federal institutions out here. What is the feeling in Congress? Will Donald Trump just by fiat say, no, we're going to shut down the government because I don't like the way Congress is appropriating money? And I'm, in essence, to just basically take away the right of Congress to appropriate our taxes to go to what we need in this country to be done. I don't see that as an option. Right now, you know, everything we get, there is serious efforts. We're still apart on a number of topics. But there's serious efforts to move it forward, and I just saw something this morning saying if they really can't, they'll likely be looking at a CR through February and have it some additional time. We would love to have it done, though, by next Friday, and we had a report from the appropriations chair this morning to that effect. I've talked to the leader about this, but n nothing has given us fear right now from their rhetoric that there would be a shutdown. Carol in Bowling Green, Kentucky. You're on the air with Congressman Pocan. This prescription bill, I heard that there was a clause in there that it's only restricted to 25 medicines and that we can no longer negotiate drugs for 10 years, which would mean that if we ever did, you know, Bernie got in, we got Medicare for all, we're stuck. We can't negotiate medicine for 10 years except for these 25 that are on this bill, and that's it. Yeah, no, that's not all uh, correct, Carol. In fact, we just made some changes yesterday in the bill in the Rules Committee that the Progressive Caucus have been pushing for. A list of 250 drugs gets submitted. Originally, the language was that 25 at minimum per year would have to be addressed. 
Unfortunately, the floor looked like the ceiling, and they would only get to 25 of those drugs a year. We just doubled that. That was a Progressive Caucus ask, and uh, we had folks lined up to potentially vote against the rule if we couldn't get there because we've had a tough time having them up that number. So that's double the number of drugs available. So that means in a five-year period, that list will be done, and they'll have another list, and they'll keep working off of the most expensive drugs. We did want to have a broader provision that would open up more drugs. We couldn't get that done for non-interference clauses, what it was referred to as, uh, for some other reasons. This bill would have to be passed by us, which it will, some form passed by the Senate, which probably won't do anything because the pharmaceutical industry, a conference committee would have to come, and you still can't bind anyone by that law because you could change the law. So there never would be a permanent binding that would stop someone from doing something. The bill is better, and we kept a provision that Representative Jayapal, my co-chair in the Progressive Caucus, had to make sure savings were shared in some additional ways. But it's a pretty comprehensive bill in that everyone will have savings. I wish it was more robust, but at 50 drugs, at least we've doubled what the floor will be looked at, and that means more people will get more relief should it ever become law. But I think that's still a bit of a stretch given where this Senate is. Brenda in Flint, Michigan. You're on the air with Congressman Pocan. Good afternoon. Uh, my question is why the Democrats did not have the whistleblower testify, because I think he would have gotten more Democrats, Republicans, and independents backing this impeachment process. And do you think it could be Dan Coats? I don't know who the whistleblower is. I think you know part of the concern was for the safety of the person when the president said their acts were treasonous, treason is punishable by death. And quite honestly, you didn't need it. Whistleblower said they heard about this. We have people directly telling us their actions were for months to enact that policy of telling them they wouldn't get aid or a photo with the president until they launched this investigation. So you wouldn't have gotten anything more to convince people. This was just the trigger that made people look at something. And since then, you know, Trump's own political appointees, longtime State Department professionals have all told us way more than we ever got from that whistleblower. So I don't feel like there have been any additional gain whatsoever. And this way we've protected someone when the president tried to scare them by essentially, you could argue, threatening their lives. Mike in Chicago, you're on the air with Congressman Pocan. I was wondering if there were any plans to deal with the Republican congressmen with some of their actions that they've done in regards specifically to that are related to the articles of impeachment, such as David Nunes, who apparently was dealing with individuals with Ukraine, and if there's like censor or censoring them or putting, uh, taking them out of their committees or impeaching them or anything like that. I couldn't say offhand. I mean, right now we're dealing with the impeachment on what happened. I do think that there'll probably be more investigations, including some of those aspects, because clearly Devin Nunez, if you say anything about him, he's going to sue you, right? He sues fake Twitter accounts right now. He's suing a fake um, cow. Yeah, he's suing a fake cow. I mean, he has become kind of a cartoon of what a bad member of Congress is. And I don't know if I'm too worried about that other than making sure that if he was part of this, we need to know that. And the committee, I think, will keep looking at that. But right now, I think everyone is focused, uh, pretty much laser focused on these two articles of impeachment and moving forward with this in the next week. 
Coming up on the Science Revolution podcast this week, can you deny we are now standing in an extinction event and disinformation is one of the causes? Mari Margill is the director of the International Center for the Rights of Nature, and she joins me to talk about nature's rights. Other topics include, is obesity causing brain damage in children? And how atmospheric rivers fuel extreme floods in America. You can find the Science Revolution where all fine podcasts are available. Congressman Mark Pocan, the co-chair of the Congressional Progressive Talk Caucus, taking your calls. Don in Watertown, South Dakota. Don, thanks for listening to SiriusXM. You're on the air with Congressman Pocan. Is there any way to investigate, arrest, and prosecute Bill Barr, or is impeachment our only alternative? Don, I, I couldn't tell you offhand. I don't know if there's anything you can point to that he specifically broke the law without going into some uh, sort of investigation. Even then, I'm not sure about the breaking law part. So I don't have a great answer for you on that. I'm sorry. Steve in Zimmerman, Minnesota, you're on the air with Congressman Pocan. Wow, talk about stealing my thunder. I was going to ask, is this Bill Barr lied to us about Iran-Contra. He lied to us about Manuel Noriega kidnapping plot. He lied to us about the Mueller report. And now he's lied to us about the IG report. Can the American Bar Association do anything to him? Yeah, I, I don't know on the bar side. I mean, I think he's already done the damage to himself. I mean, I agree with you on the Mueller report. I don't think we could go back to some of the things he did in previous administrations very easily. But, you know, I mean, when he said uh, what he represented, the summary of the report, different than the report, that, I think, inked uh, his reputation as an attorney general. And now this newest one, again, is ridiculous, fighting the inspector general. And you're going to see that flush out in the Senate. So maybe there's some ways that Democratic senators can try to highlight it. But in the House, we're going to be focused on the impeachment right now. After that, the committees will go back to everything from emoluments clause to other issues. And I, I assume Attorney General Barr will be part of some of those discussions. Jack, in Albuquerque, New Mexico, you're on the air with Congressman Pocan. I was glued, glued to all of the hearings. And when I heard Castor, the Republican attorney, as a witness on Monday, he committed perjury. And it's been reported that he committed perjury. Shouldn't he be put under, you know, legal whatever for perjury. Yeah, I, I haven't seen that. This has been one of the busiest weeks. I forgot to mention the NDAA reauthorization we have before us, too. That's part of what's coming up. So I don't know. I haven't seen the accounts of that, so I really can't give you a, a concrete answer. I'm sorry. The NDAA is the military appropriation, right? Yeah, which, while there's a couple good things in there, like paid parental leave for federal employees, which is a huge win, there's also things like money for the Space Force and for 90 uh, F-35s, and all of our language that we had around Yemen is gone and on stopping uh, arms sales to Saudi Arabia is gone. A lot of other progressive priorities that we got through the House bill are gone. So, you know, I didn't support it the first time. I think we've increased defense spending 20% just in the last three years at a time of peace. It's way out of control. But that is another bill that's going to be coming before Congress this week. Yeah, just for reference, the Department of Defense's budget for the year 2000 was $384 billion. This proposed uh, bill is $738 billion. Yeah. So that's a bit of a change. Corky yeah. uh, in Rochester, New York, you're on the Earth Congressman Pocan. Can't you get his tax returns? Because I'm sure he's so in debt to Russia. He gives them everything they want. He's, they got so much on him that he is really indebted. 
and uh, Putin's got him by the short hairs. Yeah, Corky, we're in court on that, and New York is also uh, going after that. So there's no question we agree with you. I think there's a lot you can learn out of those tax returns, and we're going to continue fighting to get them. It's just that now we're in a legal process, which is not going to be a very quick process. Chuck in Hood River, Oregon, you're on the air with Congressman Pocan. Yeah, hi, guys. Uh, I'm just wondering that if possibly there might be a chance to write in in the uh, articles a uh, possibility of uh, no contest when you refuse to go in front of a judge or something or whatever or don't work out a plea for you for no contest so he's pleading guilty with no contest maybe that could be worked in into either article or both articles so that you know one of them might grab him chuck i don't think so um one thing i've learned in my limited time experiencing donald trump is he lives in a different orbit than we do uh, inside his head. And uh, I think in many ways he doesn't think he did something wrong because he thinks he is above the law uh, when clearly he's broken the law. So I don't think he's going to necessarily go for something admitting any guilt um, through this process. So I, I don't think that'll be an option. Um, by the way, Chuck Hood River, Oregon, is one of, I think, the most beautiful places I've been to in the country. So um, beautiful views, and I, I enjoy visiting there. Hey, the next time you get out here, let us know. I know, Tom. I would. I, I, I have family out that way, and I, I'm long overdue. <laughs> yeah, great. Mike in uh, Lakeside, Washington. You're on the air with Congressman Pocan. Gentlemen, I've heard uh, mentioned on this program a number of times, uh, I don't know, for lack of a better word, a movement to pass a constitutional amendment to the effect that you know, money is not speech and corporations are not people. And I'm wondering what, if anything, is going on in Congress to circulate this and buttonhole people and, you know, get it moving. Yeah, this is the move to amend process. So there are move to amend groups around the country. And they've been doing localized referendums that generally get 60, 70, I think even up to 80 percent of the vote that say those two simple principles. Uh, money is not free speech and corporations are not people. Based on those two very simple principles, you would solve uh, many of our campaign finance issues. Um, there was a constitutional amendment introduced by Rick Nolan in the past. He's not in Congress this session, so I don't know if that's been taken over, uh, Mike, so I'd have to double check. But uh, in the past, I was a sponsor of that resolution, and there were some efforts to try to move that forward. But we're certainly seeing it on the ground in a lot of localities in Wisconsin. We have a very active group, and we've been doing these for years now uh, across the state and communities, and they win big because people are way smarter than politicians. These two doctrines came about not because any legislature or president thought it was a good idea, but because the Supreme Court basically yeah. created law uh, and doctrine out of thin air, something that they're not authorized to do in the U.S. Constitution, which is at the core of my new book, The Hidden History of the Supreme Court and the Betrayal of America. So just FYI, people want more information on that. Brad in Elk Grove, Illinois, you're on the air with Congressman Pocan. I am befuddled by the complete absence from the Democrats of pointing out the Republicans' hypocrisy in the impeachment process by complaining about a process apparently they approved in 2015, and I'll take my comment off air. Yeah, Brad, I've seen that a whole bunch. Uh, that's been brought up. Whether or not mainstream media picks it up is another thing, because you're right. If the Republicans' only argument is around process, although some of the processes 
the specific rules they set up for the, the impeachment hearings and in some of the findings around it. But you're right. We've been working off of basis in many cases of rules that they put in place when they took the majority. Guys, remember the days when you were always ready to go? Well, now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue, like the color blue. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they actually do work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they can work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. If you could benefit from extra function and more confidence where it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code armchair. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code armchair to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the Tom Hartman Podcast. Abby in La Crosse, Wisconsin, you're on the air with Congressman Pocan. Hi, Congressman. Uh, I'm going to go up to 50,000 feet and take a big picture question here. Um, given that I, I've been frustrated by corporate consolidation, and given that it's better to have a thousand corporations each making a million dollars than to have one corporation making a billion dollars, how do we fix that? What do you broadly in principle, I know the devil's in the details, but broadly in principle, how do you feel about the idea of a progressive tax rate for corporations, similar to what it is for individuals? In other words, a big corporation pays a higher percentage in taxes. Yeah, well, I think part of it, Avi, if I can take it the slightly different direction, and I'm not trying to not answer your question, but to me, part of the problem with those really big corporations often falls into things that I would call antitrust, where we have consolidation in industries. Um, for example, the airlines. You have three big airlines, maybe four, you could argue, uh, at best in the country. Uh, the reason United could pull that one person off the plane when they oversold tickets is because where else are you going to go? Uh, generally, through your local airport, you have one dominant airline, uh, and then you have a few other options. And we see this in too many industries, and I think in the case of Amazon, too, they've gotten so big at some point you got to take a look at, uh, are they too big for what's good? So I don't know if it's so much on having a progressive uh, corporate tax. I'd have to think about that, how that would work. But certainly we should have more laws uh, in effect that don't allow this uh, consolidation of only a few people. Uh, this goes back to actually the Bill Clinton days, and it's unfortunately devolved to a very bad place we're at today. Uh, we do have a task force, uh, I'm sorry, a caucus dealing with antitrust law, there is a subcommittee on judiciary trying to deal with it that David Cicilline from Rhode Island is dealing with. But to me, that might be the best way to address some of the bad consumerism we have and the seen profits of many of the corporations. I think that is one area we could have a big impact on. I just finished writing the book that will be out in the fall of next year. It's The Hidden History of Monopoly and discovered mm -hmm. that our current anti-monopoly laws really were completely changed by Robert Bork. 
He was the guy who crusaded for basically price being the only thing that should be considered in, in, in the law. Reagan picked that up and ran with it. And then the Supreme Court ruled on that in GTE Sylvania in, um, in the late 70s, as I recall. So it, and we, it, we are paying a big price for it right now. Oh, yeah. And it all goes back to Robert Bork. And he got this from, from a guy at the Chicago School of Economics by the name of Professor mm-hmm. Doctor. It's oh. a very <laughs> weird story. But yeah. anyhow, I just wrote a book about it. Chris in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, you are on the air with Congressman Pocan. Hello, Congressman. Uh, I'm a Democrat, a very liberal Democrat, and I'm also an attorney. And, and I'm, I've been very concerned about the way the Democrats have been approaching this impeachment uh, in that they, they're given subpoenas for documents and for people that are not being complied with, but they're not following through with having the courts enforce them. And I understand this, the language about it takes the courts forever. But I also understand that the courts expedite cases in, in uh, matters of emergency. And I think we could get a ruling from the Supreme Court within three months on these subpoenas. And I don't understand why the, the House won't do that, uh, because I think we'd have a lot more evidence, a lot more testimony to change the opinion of the American public uh, that, yes, he really did do something wrong. I mean, if you watch watch Fox for 20 minutes, you can see they're in an alternative uh, world there, and they're just not getting it. And I think if they got some of these other people testifying, I think the other Republicans that, that are refusing to testify now... I think they'd be concerned that they may be charged with perjury if they uh, perjure themselves, but they may actually give truthful testimony. And I think the, uh, the volumes of documents you could get would show it anyway, even if they wouldn't be truthful if, or if they uh, refused to testify by pleading fifth. Yeah, Chris, I think it's a very fair question. I can't speak directly for the committees that are doing this, what the thought process is, and I'm sure they've had quite a thought process. Uh, I would say, uh, one, um, I think the feeling is that we already have abundant information um, that I don't think Fox News, even if Julie Giuliani said, yep, I did it, we planned this thing from the beginning, Fox would cover it some other way, right? I don't think that that would really change uh, that. And plus, I don't think uh, Rudy Giuliani and some of these others would still be compliant witnesses. And I'm not sure you could still get it done in three months. And I think that's the real concern that I've heard from the House lawyers about how quickly you could actually get this done. I do feel that they think having Republican appointees, including Ambassador Sondland, who gave a a million dollars to the the Trump inaugural, having State Department professionals that have no political affiliation or or interest in this, all saying that this has been months of activity, it's not a single phone call. I don't know how much more information you could get about what the president did besides his own notes from his transcript and the words of all those individuals. So I think that's why they decided to move forward. But I do think we are in a, a polarized place that I don't think you'd see the swings in public opinion like you did in the Nixon era, because we just don't see those swings anymore. And I think that's why we're moving now. And I'm not, I can't say if they won't try to, in the future, uh, enforce subpoenas, but I think that legal process is still longer than most people wanted to take the risk on. Darlene in Atlanta, Georgia, you're on the air with Congressman Pocan. Mitch McConnell seems to be putting a lot of federal justices out, and I just want to know, what are we doing to combat some of that, and what is the long-term effect? How is that going to affect the country overall? 
Yeah, Darlene, you've pointed out one of, I think, the biggest problems we've had this year. Senate has done almost nothing legislatively. I think they had passed 60 bills by the August break. They still are the ones that are holding us up on getting our annual budget done that was due September 30th. But they have sure approved an awful lot of conservative judges, and they are having a major imprint on that. And we don't have, unfortunately, a lot of great ways to have a recourse on that other than to realize that elections have consequences. And unfortunately, they've been very effective in taking care of that one aspect of the Senate's job, definitely with an eye towards uh, having an impact on another legislative branch. So we have to make sure everyone realizes that as much as even if we win the White House and the Senate, um, we may have now a problem for years on the judiciary because the action's happening now. So I, I think I, I wish I could point out a better thing that the Senate could have done that they're not doing. Unfortunately, our situation is we have to win in November in order to try to not only stop what they've been doing this year, but also get back to putting people who actually respect the law first and foremost. Jim in Patchogue, New York. Correct me if I'm wrong in the pronunciation there, Jim. You're on the air with Congress. You finally got it right, Tom. Thanks. Okay. <laughs> uh, my, I have nothing against the Ukrainian people except my mother-in-law who speaks fluent Ukrainian. But other than that, I wanted to uh, ask you about those congressmen that broke into the basement of the uh, the, 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 the the Intelligence Committee hearings. Are, are there going to be any accountability for those fellows? Yeah, Jim, I'm I guess in the first is, district here of New York, where one of those congressmen, was, uh, their representative, yeah. was the uh, was one of the culprits. Yeah, Jim, my guess is is no. Um, I don't think there'll be additional actions against them. It was um, unfortunate antics, and unfortunately, they broke the law. You can't bring phones into skiffs and a lot of other things. But I, I my guess is uh, the recourse you have as a constituent is the strongest recourse that can happen. Uh, send someone packing. Don't send them back to Washington. Do the best you can to make sure that uh, they have lots of time on their hand to pensively think about their actions uh, and take care of that in November. Ramon in San Francisco, we have 60 seconds left, Ramon. Real quick question. Yes, uh, Congressman, I remember that uh, the National Rifle Association received about $30 million for the Republican campaign for Donald Trump through Maria Putina. And Paul Ryan quit it right away after all these investigations started to come about. Uh, do you have anything to tell us about that? Yeah, I, I couldn't tell you. Because again, my committee's appropriations, and many committees are doing many things. There's 21 standing committees. Not that I know of offhand, but clearly I know that there have been a number of journalists who've written stuff about the connection between the money and the NRA. I shouldn't say that. I think the one committee might be taking this up, but it has been well reported. And Ramon, you're right. People need to keep looking, especially at the Russian money that came into the NRA at election time. Remarkable stuff. Thanks so much for being with us today, Congressman, and for showing up yep, every week absolutely. for these. It's great Thank talking you, with you. Thank you, Tom. It's a busy couple of weeks here, so it is. keep diligent telling everyone. <laughs> okay, you got it. Congressman Thank Mark Pocan, pocan.house.gov, and you can tweet him at Rep. Mark Pocan. Linda in River Falls, Wisconsin. Hey, Linda, what's on your mind today? Let me just say that I think you made a particularly cogent point when you said that the Democrats should have been coached better for the hearings last night. I watched the hearings on C-SPAN, and I have to tell you that I felt that Democrats were dropping the ball because every time the Dems heard a lie, they would not call it out. And believe me, we are losing the battle in public opinion. They had call-ins, you know, as they do on C-SPAN. And I'm telling you, there were people, the Republicans, 
Democrats were defecting, independents were defecting and saying, well, I just don't think there should be an impeachment because obviously. And then they would parrot back all of these lies and misinformation. It's the Democrats' opportunity to lose, and they're losing it, Tom. And I am just, we speak truth to power. And the Democrats are not doing it, and we're going to lose. And I doubt that he's even going to be impeached. In the news today, there are already a bunch of Democrats who are waffling and who will not vote for impeachment. And it's over, Tom because the Democrats have lost it again. They have to speak truth to the lies. And the people on C-SPAN did nothing but parrot all of the Fox News lies. Even, oh, there was nothing found in the recent report about, you know, obviously Trump was fight on, blah, 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 blah. And the Democrats need to address this. We're going to lose. Linda, I share your concern. And there's a number, there's not really a... Uh, Outside of Eric Swalwell and, and Pramila Jayapal, I have not seen a real, well, there's a, there's a few people who have comported themselves well on the, on the Judiciary Committee. But when this thing goes to the full House, I suspect that among the Democrats, and I, I have in my mind the names of a few of them, one of them is a regular on this show, um, who have the capacity, who have the ability, who are trained as lawyers, who really know how to speak in public, who have the ability to stand up and, and be the Democratic Party's versions of Jim Jordan and Matt Gaetz, who will be out there really, really speaking truth to power. I hope. I mean, this is our last chance. Yeah. It is. And hope isn't enough. I've been calling. I've been on the phone for hours calling. And, you know, of course, you get to voicemail half the time. Yeah. But the point of the matter is, is who do we need to tell that they've got to shape up their act because this is disgusting. And Jerry Nadler's very weak. I mean, you know, he's it been is. allowing the Republicans to run roughshod over him. Adam Schiff did a great job of not putting up with BS from the Republicans. Jerry Nadler has That's not right. done that. They are just trying to make it so boring people will tune away. They certainly succeeded with me this morning. I mean, every time Jim yeah. Jordan started going, uh, or uh, actually it was uh, Doug Collins, oh, yeah. yeah. And every time he would offer a motion or whatever, Jerry would say, okay, well, we'll call the roll. You know, Adam yeah. Schiff wouldn't have put up with that crap. No, and God. I don't think Nancy Pelosi will either. Nancy Pelosi's going to have to pull the fat out of the fire. I share your concerns, Linda. Thank you very much for the call. You've been listening to Tom Hartman. For audio and video archives, visit TomHartman.com.